0: Yes, yes. Welcome to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the homelonexpert.com studios. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, and it's time for another edition of questions from the audience. The email edition. I went strictly fan page last week, and now I've got to uh, go to the emails because I did get a bunch of really good emails, uh, in particular regarding um, the questions from the audience when I talked about Young people, ambition, and St. Louis. And for those who didn't listen to it, the overall theme was, um, and, I, and I'm going to attempt to sum this up in a sentence, which is impossible, so I'll just try to, to sum it up in less than 60 seconds, that it is my feeling, and I know it is the feeling of some others, uh, that for whatever reason, the social climate in St. Louis is not as culturally conducive or has not been as culturally conducive to encourage uh, a- ambition, initiative. I'm not saying that it's across the board. So I, I don't want to say, you know, uh, that, that this is a 100% thought. Of course it's not. But my premise was so often we have so many, so many, so many uh, talented, creative Great people who grow up in St. Louis, but then who wind up going to college somewhere else, uh, or don't even go to college and then just move somewhere else. And we become like a quadruple, a farm team for Chicago, Denver, Dallas, New York, Miami, LA, take your pick, whatever. I'm sure I'm leaving out a few others that many go to even Kansas city, uh, recently. So that's the premise. Um, and in, in kind of to, to, to dig down a little more, um, you know, like if somebody's, you know, and I'm, it's tough cause I'm trying to navigate. Like I do recognize that there, and I don't know if it's going on anymore, but here's the thing. I mean, I, I'm speaking to this. This is something I've been talking about for nearly 20 years. I've been on the radio for nearly 20 years, doing television, nearly 20 years, We're going back a while here. So I've been saying this even when I was in my early twenties, but now it's not the demographic I'm in but it doesn't change my perspective that the importance of the energy and ambition of youth is critical to a city's growth. Um, really feel like sometimes you can go to a sporting event and know kind of where that city is, as far as, is it moving up or is it moving down based on the music's playing? You know what I mean? You do. Know I do mean, P- gangster Pete. Yeah. I'm kind of, you know, so kind of pay attention to that. If you're going to some games, some places, and then pay attention to it when your game's in St. Louis, Madison Square Garden versus yeah, just take, yeah, you know, I remember going to Miami Heat game uh, when LeBron was playing there. You know, Chicago, take your pick of Wrigley or United Center. I, it's just you know, but that's fine. There's not. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just making the observation. I also know. So here, right, as I'm saying right now, that there's like a defensiveness to it. And, and as opposed to going, okay, well, maybe, you know, even though I don't like it, or maybe I think he's saying something that I disagree with, perhaps give me the benefit of the doubt based on maybe you've been listening for a, a while, whether it be on the radio or here or even going back to television. And I'd like to think, and maybe I'm wrong, that even if you don't necessarily like what I'm saying, That you know that I'm saying it from a place of sincerity. And then also I am certainly open to with new information presented going, you know what? I was wrong. Thank you for presenting this data. Thank you for presenting this comparison. I was wrong. And I will happily admit it. I think it's an important thing to be able to say either. I don't know, or I was wrong. Uh, But this is my opinion. And I shared it on questions from the audience. Uh, I guess it was two episodes ago, and I kind of thought I was doing it. And I'm like, I want to talk about it, but a, a wise man, a gentleman by the name of Burt Kaufman, who still owns WGNU 920, where we started CBS Sports 920 five-plus years ago, and uh, it was dealing with um, some stuff. and had people who I think most people knew were not necessarily credible people saying things that weren't necessarily true. And I'm going, you know, one, one person's advising me to handle it this way. This person's advising me to handle it this way. And I remember the great Bert Kaufman said something along the lines of, never waste your time on people who you know will lie, and never waste your time on something that has no upside. And I'm going, oh. For some reason, those little, like, quick hitters, they'll stick with me. You can give me great information or opinion or life experience, wisdom, and if it's too detailed, i probably check out and start, scrolling free ones or something. But if you give me a quick five second, something like that, it sticks with me in here. And here. And so I couldn't agree with that more. So if you want to take anything out of this podcast today, don't waste your time on things with no upside. But I kind of went against that two weeks ago with that question from the audience, because I'm like, I want to express this opinion. I've talked with people who I think would share this opinion from their experiences. And I think it could be to the benefit of those listening to hear the opinion, but I also know that it will probably lead to a healthy amount of hate emails. And while I will respond politely to those and not engage, even if you motherfuck me to the nth power, I've read enough of those that I don't want to say they go in one ear out the other, but it's kind of, you know, whatever. Uh, why do something that, you know, has no upside. But my thought process was the upside would be to at least enter it into the arena for discussion and to my very pleasant surprise i was wrong i was wrong in that it did not lead to hate emails it led to not only emails um with people expressing uh relation to what i was speaking to in other words that they it, it resonated with them but some great stories um uh, and so that's what i wanted to share and kind of elaborate on and again, I don't, I don't want to portray this as some kind of crisis. I think the racial issue in St. Louis is a crisis, uh, and has been a crisis for a while. Um, but you know, my perception on young people, um, n- I, in mo- almost more by their peers in some capacity, uh, like, like if they if they, if they achieve some success and they, they get a nice car, it's kind of like, Oh, fuck you. Now, I'm not car guy and that I don't, you know, it just isn't, isn't my, like, I mean, up until I don't even know what it was within the last five years, now eh, maybe six years for real, I was driving a Pontiac and they didn't even make them anymore. I don't think, but it's just what I had. And I didn't really care. Um, you know, it's just not something that for me is a huge deal. Um, you know, where somebody lives, like I would, in a heartbeat. If I could have a new home just because I'm fucking weird, a uh, new home in the neighborhood I grew up in, in St. Louis Hills, South City, Tam Avenue, Tam and Nottingham, baby. Um, I, would, I would live there in a heartbeat. And I, and I know some people go, oh, he lives in South City, you know. Uh, with that kind of mentality, when I'd be like, oh, that's some of the finest people you know in an incredibly nice neighborhood. But if you're sitting in Ladue or take your pick of what other area that you fancy to be super nice. You know, I remember when we were playing basketball against St. Genevieve Dubois. Uh, like in sixth or seventh grade. So you're going back about 25, 30 years here. Um, one of the parents over, we overheard him, We're playing St. Gabriel. Where is that? And they go, Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a little poor parish in the city. <laughs> so those kinds of things. And I don't like, I don't hold ill will against it. It's just these perceptions, and I understand these things. And they're they are what they are. It does, it doesn't dictate it. I love my neighborhood. Uh, I don't need to drive, whatever. If I have a nice car and I'm currently lucky enough that I have a nice car, it's not that it's like, oh, I need people to know that I'm making X amount of dollars to have this car. It's, it was, I was driving an SUV and my wife hated getting in and out of the SUV. And that was before we had a baby, much less now that we have a baby and it took up way too much space. And that's the reason why I switched whips. And, and so I got a different car. But it became, you know, my, my point is that I feel oftentimes people in their twenties around here are either kind of cast to the side or their peers who aren't perhaps lucky enough to be doing as well or worked hard enough, whatever term you want to use. Cause some people will say it's not luck. It's how hard you work, whatever. I've been lucky. I guess I've worked hard, but to me it's both. Um, and taking some calculated risks too. I would include that in the, uh, in the category that, that it's kind of like, Oh, he or she thinks they're so great and it's kind of like shit on as opposed to going, Hey, we have some 20 somethings here doing some great things. And I think we do. I think we do now more so than perhaps when I was in my twenties, which is exciting, but I'm talking about a culture that, for example, when I think of Chicago, um, you think of Denver and I've had a number of people and I think it's in some of the emails that I'm going to read cited Kansas city, uh, over the last five to 10 years which is saying something because it means certainly if it can happen there, it can happen here. And I think it will happen here because as I said a number of times, I think there's now over the last five years, a recognition in St. Louis that we are not as great as we might have thought we were, but that doesn't mean that the game is over and it doesn't mean that we can't have an incredible comeback. So those thought processes all can exist under the umbrella. So that's the theme of the discussion today. People like these St. Louis centric, um, kind of state of St. Louis discussions. And so this is a different angle on it and it's a follow-up with a number of emails that I received regarding it. So that's what you've got today. If you're not interested in, if you hate my perspective on it, that's fine. You can write, fuck you. It's team McKernan at InsideStL.com. It's wonderful. All right. Thank you for listening. God bless. Happy holidays. And and we'll move on. But, but it's just perhaps open your eyes to where I'm coming from. And then perhaps you might go, no, you're wrong. And here's why. So that's where we are and everything. All right. That's what we got going on. Hey, Ryan Kelly, I can tell you this. He was a guy in his twenties and he said, you know what? I'm tired of just receiving a guaranteed paycheck and not feeling like I'm going anywhere. I think I've got an idea to do something huge. And you know what he did? He did something huge. He did something well beyond St. Louis too, because his business keeps growing. He's the home loan expert and he's online at thehomeloanexpert.com, And he is the sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan show. So if you are looking to buy a home, if you're looking to refinance, make sure that you take advantage of these rates and you do so with Ryan Kelly at the com. our studio sponsors, and somebody, if you listen to him cause we focused on his entrepreneurial spirit and what he's built uh, on a podcast, uh, that, that you know that not only is he a hard worker and a brilliant marketer, but man does he know his business and that's why he's able to save you money where other people can't online at the His name is Ryan Kelly and he's the studio sponsor of the Tim McKernan show. So got a bunch of these. Uh, and I wanted to, um, read them and get your perspective. In addition, let's see what I got. Okay. This one was one that I knew stood out to me. Hey, Tim, rambling email. Just wanted to share some thoughts, not one for attention and prefer to keep everything anonymous, but I am really passionate about St. Louis and the problems it's facing. I really enjoy the show. Uh, listen to the podcast this morning on questions from the audience discussing lack of direct flights and the general pushback to success for 20 and 30-somethings in the area. I currently live in Boston. I'm not writing this email to brag about my current situation, but instead to give you a sense of someone who is ambitious, wanting to achieve the professional success that you have realized. Uh, these are his words, not mine, because that kind of comes off of vile, vile saying it but struggling with figuring out how my path gets me back, quote, home. Um, Grew up in St. Louis, comfortable middle class, but afforded a lot of opportunity to learn at top institutions. Uh, Then gives himself some background, but we want to maintain anonymity here, so I won't go into that. Um, I like to travel and understand different perspectives, both nationally and internationally. I've always been entrepreneurial with ambitions of starting my own business someday. Up until last year, that meant surrounding myself with people who have, or are currently doing it. That meant taking jobs or internships at consulting firms, venture capital firms, and today at a maturing venture backed startup. About a year ago, I started my own side hustle and things have grown beyond my wildest dreams very quickly to the point where I'm considering going full time in the next six to eight months. I have an idea and I have a vision with current customer traction that could merit venture funding. When I reached out to some people in St. Louis about possibly fundraising and starting there while also communicating with investors, friends, and peers in Boston, these are some of the quotes I'd hear. Quote, if you raise money from us, we require your headquarters to be in the location of one of our offices, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco. Next, we believe the talent premium you pay in Boston is worth it for the increased quality and proximity to talent and customers. Then next, you really need to network with the Burroughs Alumni Network. All legitimate St. Louis deals go through John Burroughs. And then finally, let me introduce you to this family. Also, let me introduce you to this venture firm. Upon review, all run by people who didn't actually create anything, but are essentially having fun with second and third generation money. Uh, I enjoyed that little part of the whole thing there because I got to be honest with you. Th- th- these are peaks behind the curtain that certainly, I mean, I kind of am self-deprecating and, you know, my Tam Avenue upbringing, but I love my Tam Avenue upbringing. Um, but candidly, I'm just not privy to this shit. And I would imagine 99% of you, but I remember one Christmas Eve, my dad was, um, I don't even know why the hell we were talking about. I think I was still in high school and he was kind of breaking down and I have no idea why. I mean, what in the hell kind of conversation this is, but whatever it happened, um, kind of how things worked in St. Louis and I, you know, still living on the South side and where my family still does, you know, I'm you, you don't, you don't even know what, what a John Burroughs is or what a country day is, what an MICDS is. It's not, it's not on your, you know, it's not in your world. So. I remember him just talking about it and kind of laying it all out and going, yeah, this guy's an MICDS guy. Yeah, these MICDS guys, they do this. And then now these guys are Burroughs guys and they do this. And they're the ones who own it. But then you'll find a lot of the guys that wind up running it or the guys who went to St. Louis U High. And then they try to get to the point where they are with the party. And I go, what in the hell is this? It's like it's like a caste system. And I, I had no idea. And then I had somebody tell me um, from working at a particular country club that there's a room essentially where – you just have people with what is cited right here in this email, and the email continues, and I'll get back to it in a moment, where it is what we joke about on the show. What we joke about old money and new money and essentially just playing on the stereotypes of them, um, but uh, that they're just in the back room just like cutting up deals. Like they just have a bunch of money. It's like, okay, well, we'll throw this person this much, and we'll do this one. This one could be fun. We're doing this. so oh, I like him. Let's give him this. And they're just like, it's just like, it's just like fun money. And for I would imagine almost everybody listening to this, it's it's not anything you can possibly relate to. It's not anything I can relate to. And so I'm and and so I've become aware of it. I'm not a part of it, uh, but I'm aware of it. Uh, And so when I hear this, so I guess the first two quotes were from people who are in, you know, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco. And I do think the second line, I think there's something to be said for that. And I get it. But I don't think that's necessarily a shot at St. Louis, even though I guess you could take it that way so much as a compliment to the talent pool that you're going to have in Boston. And part of that is if you just think of the, the schools that are in Boston, I mean, you know, you're surrounded by some of the finest institutions of higher learning in the world in a concentrated area. So, yes, the talent pool there is going to be greater than damn near anywhere else. But the last two. You really need to network with the Burroughs alumni network. All legitimate St. Louis deals go through John Burroughs. I, I mean, how fucked up is it that it goes through a high school? A high school? This guy's sitting within like probably five minute drive at Cambridge, but if he wants to come back to St. Louis, he's got to go through a high school. I mean, shit. I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm legit. I mean, it's hard to surprise me when you kind of hear these like kind of you know things that like you'd see like in a 1950s movie when it comes to St. Louis, but that one actually caught me off guard. And then let me introduce you to this family. Also, let me introduce you to this venture firm, Palm Review, all run by people who didn't actually create anything but are essentially having fun with second and third generation money. That one, that one I don't want to say it resonates with me, but that one I, that one I could have believed without reading this email. That's consistent with what I understand actually goes on, um, which I realize... You know, it's not like, again, I'm privy to this. It's just I'm aware of the stories about it. But as far as all legitimate deals in St. Louis going through John Burroughs, um, wow, I've never heard that one. But I'm sure maybe some of you actually have heard that line before. I don't know. Um, So anyway, continuing to the email. If I did this, I would need smart money. This is what I like. I like what he's saying right here, and that's why I really like this email. An investor who brings something to the table besides a trust fund. I need national, international connections to date. Finding that in St. Louis seems challenging, though I'm still researching, and frankly, for no good reason, I don't want to enrich the old money families of St. Louis. That'll resonate with the audience as well. All these comments piss me off and make me more inclined to pursue a slower bootstrapped approach that allows me to do things the way I want. However, it also means getting in the slow lane versus potentially becoming one of those one-in-a-million unicorns with a hockey stick growth rate. All that aside... I recognize this type of success of my company or any startup is very small. I struggled to find my path back to St. Louis on my way into work today. As I listen to your podcast, I walk through a valley of under construction, skyscrapers soon to house the likes of GE digital, Amazon, Facebook, log me in car genius toast and others literally in mist, the midst of listing. I paused to take this picture and he sent me a picture. I question, how do I leave all of this opportunity, innovation, ambition, and growth to return home? Last comment, I'm walking into a meeting this morning with top decision makers in my company and those of my clients. I read all about these, quote, exciting jobs coming from Square, Twitter, et cetera. The news picks it up, but what they fail to say is that these are back office roles. These jobs are not for people who will be interfacing with decision makers. For me to come back, I need to be in a job where I walk in every day and talk to the people who are driving the vision of the company, not just sitting in some satellite office. Thus, my biggest takeaway, St. Louis needs more headquarters, leadership teams, and decision makers. Young, enthusiastic, entrepreneurial people want to be where the action is. They want to be part of the meaningful business decisions driving the future of the company. They do not... Want to be providing level one support for a failed Square credit card reader for the Jamaican Me Hungry food truck parked on Sixth Street in Austin, Texas. Really appreciate your show and your content. I respect and admire all you've accomplished. I also am very optimistic and about St. Louis. And someday I hope we can pony up at Kirkwood Brewhouse to discuss how great things have become. And uh, we will leave his name anonymous. But um, I, I mean that that the, not only did I like the passion, I like the information and the perspective. I just, I loved the email. And I know some of you are listening is going, fuck, that sucks to hear. But, you know, again, part of solving problems is acknowledging that there is a problem that has to be solved. And that is where I think we are. So we're still in the the first inning of the game, but at least now we're in the game. And that's the thing that excites me because before I was saying, hey, we got to get in the game. And people are like, what are you talking about? Everything's fine here. Have you seen? They got Ballpark Village plans. And I'm like, yeah, Ballpark Village is more for, you know, people coming downtown. It's not for people who live downtown. Gangster Pete with it it sucks out of nowhere. Uh, So I, I just, exactly. So when people say, yeah, you see the crane up at Ballpark, I'm like, yes, there is a crane or there are two cranes. But, you know, if you've traveled to take your pick, and it doesn't even have to be a top twenty-five market; it can go beyond that. I mean, certainly Austin, Texas, which he cited uh, for the Jamaican me hungry food truck. Uh, my God, the growth that's gone on there! But you know, it's all over the place, and and that's the thing. And I just that's so. I, I love that email. If this were like if I gave away an email of the year, I would give that that email um, because it's somebody who has something and wants to bring it to St. Louis, but then runs into, you got to go through the, the, the Burroughs network. I mean, what the fuck? But hey, there it is. Uh, and and he's, he's sitting in Boston and he's wanting to, to bring it to St. Louis. And, you know, he wants to see St. Louis grow, but he's laying out all of the scenarios. I really appreciated that email. Um, so what are your thoughts when you hear that? Uh, Tima Kernan at InsideSTL.com. Like I said, when I read that, uh, for the first time, I'm a couple of things surprised me. A couple of things I'm like, yep, I get it. And then, you know, a couple of things kind of irritated me in the sense that, yeah, I think this is probably the way it is. And these are the things that we're dealing with. And sometimes things are spun. And I think in part, you know, it's kind of like this, this will bring it back to maybe something that more people care about. Although if, if you care about this topic, you've already listened. So I don't need to, to bring it back to sports but oftentimes people go, the media in this town is soft when it comes to St. Louis sports. And I will say, yeah, you're probably right in comparison to other cities that have two of the four professional sports teams in North America that are considered the major league um, professional leagues. But part of it is you're giving the people what they want. In other words, if that's not what played... That here. That's not what would be done here. So for example, Joe Strauss, may he rest in peace. Part of the, um, uh, you know, gratitude for what he did as a columnist and as a broadcaster is if we're being honest here, um, posthumously in the sense that while he was around, a lot of people bitched about him. And now that he's gone, people are going, man, sure. Miss Joe Strauss. Well, in the moment I was so grateful for him because I always, I always felt there wasn't an agenda, even when you other had people, whether it be broadcasters or, or writers going with stuff, you felt like, Oh, it's cause you know, you just kind of got the sense there might be something beyond the story as to why it was being said or written. Um, and that's why, and I don't know who, I don't know if this was on TMA or if it was on the podcast, but somebody brought up Jason Cander. um, who ran for the U S Senate in 2016 against Roy Blunt. And even though he lost, he lost by much less than the margin. Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton. And a lot of people said uh, candor resonated with people in outstate Missouri. uh, Even though he recently was going to run for uh, the mayor of Kansas city. So it's not like he's an outstate Missouri guy um, because he came off as genuine. And even if his, uh, politics and policies may not have resonated for people, whether they be in the cities or in, in rural Missouri. They're like, this is a good guy. And this is a guy who, you know what? I think he's going to act in the best interest of the country when it's all said and done. And that resonates with people. Um, and people can get on board with that. People can get on board with something that's that they, that they view as genuine. And so from that standpoint, when it comes to these discussions on St. Louis, even if you don't like to hear it, Um, you know, it's coming from a place of, of being genuine. At least I hope you know. And in Strauss, when he would write, I think he was coming from a place of being genuine. He was, as I said at the time, and I still say, uh, one of the, the last of the credible dissenters and I emphasize that word credible. Anybody can hot take it and go, you know what? It's going to get me attention today, or I can't fill a show. So I got to take this line or I can't, so I got to take this line, you know. So I liked that, and I think it's important to have that. Um, And I think it's important whether it be covering sports or whether it be covering the state of St. Louis. And so I think oftentimes the news here spins some bullshit because that's what the audience wants, and if it's something that's critical, uh, then it will be portrayed as being anti-St. Louis. So like I said, it became... In vogue or acceptable, take your pick to acknowledge that St. Louis has some problems, probably starting with Ferguson. Um, but certainly then you have the Rams move, then you have the MLS uh vote, uh, and you have okay, what's this city county thing? So you're saying that they tended to this in Indianapolis and they took off, and Nashville and they took off, and Louisville and they took off. So that I think is healthy and I like that. So that's essentially where I'm coming from. The criticism does not come from a place of shitting on it. Criticism comes from a place of what do you think? Do you see it the same way? What do you see as improving? What do you see as we need to improve? Um, And not like trying to snuff out anybody who presents, well, I don't think that this is necessarily as good as it could be. Like the airport thing is what kind of got things going. And, and people are like, well, I can get anywhere I want on Southwest. And yes, you can, assuming you're flying domestically. But the issue for business travelers who spend much of their lives in flights and then therefore flying business class, first class, is that you can't do that on Southwest or time is of the essence and, and you don't have time to stop over in Chicago if you need to get to New York or back to New York, um, you know, or to stop in two spots to get across the country. It's that, that that And it's not shitting on it, but you know, for those of us traveling for leisure purposes, okay, you know, the flight to Las Vegas is at three o'clock, whatever. I'll land at four o'clock Las Vegas time after picking up the two hours to fly at a Pacific time zone, whatever. That's the one nonstop, you know, unless I want to fly at six in the morning. And those are the kinds of things that we're talking about, but it's chicken and egg. Things got to pick up here before you have those options, but certainly What took place with TWA and American Airlines 17, 18 years ago is a huge factor and that, you know, that sometimes bad shit happens, but you pick yourself up. And I just feel like, um, that it's healthy that you have a group of people, whether they be younger or older, it doesn't matter, who acknowledge that there are issues and want to see them fixed. Um, and so I really appreciated this email and we've got another one here, um, that I thought was good. And I'll read that in a moment. But before I do that, here's somebody who wants to help young people and old people for that matter. It's Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And he got on board with the podcast because he saw what was going on with the discussions on the show. And he's somebody that I know that I can recommend to you, the listener, and not think twice about it. Uh, The end of the year is fast approaching, and this is the time to get your year-end finances set up. For a lot of us, we have young kids, And planning for education costs is on our minds. Mark Hanna reminded me that in both Missouri and Illinois, you may be eligible for a state tax deduction for putting money into a 529 plan. But for 2018, you have to put the money in by the end of the year. Don't wait. Things are always so busy for all of us. And for most of us, we put off doing things to the last minute. Call Mark Hanna at 314-889-0503. And he can help you figure out if a college savings plan is the right thing for your needs. Talk to Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies evergreenstl.com. Mark helps everyday people meet their financial goals by helping them to create a clear picture of their finances. It's Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Next email, Uh, similar theme. Hey, Tim, just got around to PLTDing. That's podcasting like the Dickens. Your QFTA on John Mazalek's comments on Lambert, but the part that struck me was the second half of the discussion on the lack of encouragement of ambition in young St. Louisans. For some background, I was born and raised in St. Louis, and he lists his high school, his class. We will um, not go into that, just to not give any tips as to who this is. At a relatively young age, I developed an interest in politics and government, uh, and then talks about his travels to Washington and then wanting to work in Washington. My parents were 100% behind this dream. At every turn, they encouraged and helped me pursue this path, knowing it would lead their only child 700 miles away. I can't imagine how hard that was. When I began sharing this dream with my extended family, aunts, uncles, even grandparents, the reaction was a combination of bewilderment and recoiling. I received comments like, do you not like St. Louis anymore? And once I began attending this particular university in this particular city and went home for the holidays, the questions transitioned to, so I guess you're going to stay up there and never come back? Or how's your new home? Or even, so do you root for this city's teams now? That last one was particularly crazy because my first love was and always will be the Cardinals, but generally all the comments were pointing to the perception that I was abandoning my hometown by having the ambition to pursue my dream. I thought this phenomenon was unique to my family, but the more I spoke to other friends who left and listened to discussions on TMA, I discovered there is a cultural issue in St. Louis when young people have ambition and want to act on it. It's tremendously hurtful to have your family either express indifference or downplay your life goals or career path. I truly don't think they fathom the love I have for the city. My friends in the city where I live now say often that I never shut up about St. Louis. I have tremendous pride for my hometown and want to see it thrive. I can say that TMA has played a huge role in keeping me connected. I now come into town more often for TMA lives uh, and events like the Q&A that you did with Dan McLaughlin and John Mazelok at the improv shop. Anyway, I just wanted to reach out for the first time and say I completely concur with your sentiments. It's perhaps the most perverse social incentive in St. Louis, and it has to change for the region to progress and move forward. Suffice it to say, I love TMA at PLTD every minute of it and your other podcast, The Tim McKernan Show, and I'll be at as many events as I can when I'm in town. Thanks for doing what you do. Please keep it up. Free DOTEM. That comes from, uh, again, we'll keep it anonymous. Um, but, uh, this person, I don't know if, uh, let's see. I know he wanted no names, but feel free to share the email on the podcast. So anyway, uh, it, it, you know, I can, I can speak to it in some capacity. Although I have to say when I had some opportunities, people actually were encouraging me. Maybe that's maybe just because they wanted me to leave. Uh, so maybe this is for more people who are people like, but, um, you know, I, 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 I legitimately was surprised by the emails I received after that. Podcast, uh, that they were all, and and I'm sure now by saying that they were all now somebody will say, well, I need to now write the 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 dissenting viewpoint, which is fine. I I want dissenting viewpoints. I could do without personal attacks, but if that's how you make your dissenting viewpoint, Godspeed. Um, I was surprised by how it how it resonated with as many people as it did, and it's an an, an interesting. And I don't have an explanation for it here. There's the next podcast. Why now that now that we're in agreement that it exists. I wonder why it is. And I really don't know when, when I was talking about it, um, in the homeline studios, uh, gangster Pete, uh, who is uh, sitting here producing the podcast said he thinks he just views it as like haters. And yeah, I think that's, I would, I would agree to an extent, but then I, then I still go, okay, but why? I always just keep peeling it down to at its root. And I don't, and I don't know, I don't have the answer. Um, but you know, it, it, it does exist. And I just don't know why. Again, that doesn't mean it absolutely exists. And there is no exception. There, of course, are a bunch of exceptions. But, you know, my premise continues to be, and I think we will see it. I really do. I I don't. But at the same time, on the day the Rams moved, I still thought there was a chance that they were somehow going to stay in St. Louis. So maybe I operate oftentimes for things that are near and dear to my heart from more of an emotional than an analytical standpoint. But I do think that St. Louis is going to turn around. I really do. I really do. I just think it's going to take some time. Uh, and perhaps the with how slow it goes, there will be frustration, which will then play a role in, in, in some capacity being an inadvertent resistance to it. But I do think it will turn around. Um, but I just wonder why that cultural phenomenon is the way that it is. I get, I do get... People who are 21 or 22 or 23, or if they get a, you know, a graduate degree, um, you know, they want to live in, you know, take your place of whatever city, you know, Chicago, New York, LA, whatever. I get it. Don't fault anybody for that, um, at all. But, and I, and I understand why, you know, you're going to be around a lot of other young professionals, um, certainly much as I love St. Louis. I recognize, of course, that the social scene is going to be much better in in these places. Um, and that's just where you want to live in your 20s. God bless. Good for you. Um, you know, I, for whatever reason, all I wanted to do and the reason I got into broadcasting was I wanted to cover the Cardinals and it was like all I wanted to do. And so that, that was for me, my goal. Whereas a lot of people in my profession were like, okay, I got to go to this market here. That's going to suck, but I'll be there for only a year. And then I'll get to like the mid market you know, kind of like the Kansas City, Cincinnati thing. And then I'll get to a top 20 market. And then ideally I can get to New York or LA or Chicago. That's kind of like the, and the quicker, the better for me. I'm just like, oh, good. I got to St. Louis. I'm good. Um, but that's because I just wanted to be in St. Louis because I wanted to cover these teams. So I don't know why there is this perception of rejection of ambition by some of those who feel like they have experienced it, uh, and I'm not saying by the way I've experienced it, um, I've just observed it. And again, I'm 42 years old at this point, so you know I'm I'm speaking on behalf of the 20 somethings. But it is my opinion that one of the important elements to St. Louis experiencing a rebirth is for young people to not only have uh, a monster presence in the region, but feel as though their voices are being heard at the table Um, and by proper representation, I would add, because I think oftentimes you might have people who are um, perhaps presenting themselves as acting on the best interests of young people who might not necessarily be acting on the greater good of St. Louis. Uh, So that is something that I'll ask because I don't have the answer. So this is what I like. I like these questions that don't have answers. And, and so if you, if you think of why it is, email me, insidestl.com. I'm legitimately curious because I don't know. Um, and of course it's not across the board and it's, it's, it's better now in my opinion than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago, but I just, I'm conscious of it. And I think a lot of it, I think, I think I, it's almost like a lack of creativity and innovation for business purposes. You know, like I think of some of the people locally who might have made it big in their 20s or 30s, and it's, you know, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. You know what I'm talking about, so I'm curious what your th- theory is as to why it is the way that it is. Or you might just not see it and maybe ask me to elaborate or just tell me to go fuck myself and then to stop talking about it, and then I must hate St. Louis if I am making this observation. Either one's fine, but I'm giving you my uh, my observation and then two emails from two people who have moved and experienced what I was talking about and gangster Pete simply called it haterism. I don't know. Maybe it's that, but I, I got to think there's a reason for it. So um, there, 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 that topic is, Hey, thank you to James Carlton of the Carlton state farm insurance Agency for being on board with the podcast. Cause without him, we don't have a podcast. Uh, and I switched my business to him and I couldn't be happier that I did. He's online at carltoninsurance.net. His phone number is 314-961-4800. And I made the switch to James here within the last few weeks, and he kept saying, don't do it, please don't, because now it's going to cause things to be weird with me and other agents, and they're thinking you're just doing it because I'm advertising, and I said, I won't, I won't. And then I had to have him handle one thing for me, and it was so good, and the process was so good that I said, James, my responsibility is to my wife and to my son and having you as our insurance agency puts my family in a better spot. So I'm switching. Damn, damn it. If you don't like it, I'm giving you my business. And since then it has been so good. And that's why I speak so passionately about James Carlton, the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. You'll be so happy that you switched. I know that I am I just pointing out that, Hey, you know, you've got, you've got all this, but you don't have short-term disability or long-term disability you know, that's kind of putting yourself at risk. And I'm like, yeah, especially considering what I do is sitting at a table and talking. What happens if I wouldn't be able to do that? Uh, That would be a problem. And then just basic stuff. And it's not like it's like, oh, now you got to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to have it. It's just covering yourself and protecting your family. And and I think a lot of times, I know I was in this position, you thought you were covered, but you're not. And for somebody who's not necessarily a specialist in insurance, and they just kind of got into it because that's kind of where they went. Well, you're not going to have the kind of the quality that James Carlton provides. So, man, do I feel passionately about doing business with James Carlton. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. All right, let me go into um, another topic and I'll finish it with this for, for, for this one. Hey, Tim, love the show. Had a question I wanted to ask for your podcast. Why do you think the NHL does not get more attention on a national level? Obviously, I'm biased as a hockey fan, but even in saying that, I'm even more interested in the hot stove, NFL, NBA talk. Hockey guys always seem to be extremely friendly, not getting into trouble with the law, no whining, and very few prima donnas as opposed to other sports. Most of them seem to go out of their way to help in the communities as well. Just wondering what your thoughts are. Thanks. Uh, And that comes from John. I love this question as well because I don't have the answer, but I love thinking about it. Uh, my first answer is I don't know, of course. Um, I, my second one is, and this is a theory that of all people, God bless him, Young page views presented out of nowhere when we were doing the two part interview with young page views of Barstool, uh, a couple weeks ago. And I don't even know how we got on the topic, but he talked about the idea that, um, because the culture of hockey. Is It's about the team, whereas the culture of the NBA and the NFL in particular um, are about individual stars and kind of performing and celebrating, which now I don't think it's a coincidence that Major League Baseball had their ad campaign during the playoffs to focus on that and kind of shit on the unwritten rules, uh, that it's difficult for hockey to get that that star, which would then get people to pay attention. Um, that's, and i when he said that, it was, was kind of like, oh, it came out of nowhere, but I got to tell you something, there might, mu- there might be something to that. Um, I also think that when you, when you think about markets in the United States and most of the big markets in the United States uh, have, to- I would imagine every top 10 market has a team. I think every top 10, maybe Atlanta did and that's now uh, been both with the Flames and the Thrashers. That hasn't worked, so I don't know if that will happen again, kind of like with St. Louis with the NFL. Um, Seattle's getting a team uh, that they're usually third or fourth in the pecking order, or if it's a city like New York or LA or Chicago where you have multiple teams, you can be even further than that. Um, So, you know, I don't. I don't have a good answer. I'm, I'm curious of it. Now, some people see, you gotta, you gotta to analyze not to emotionalize, but to analyze, you have to attempt to take the emotion out of it. Um, and I know a lot of hockey fans are like pissed that it's not more popular. And then they blame ESPN. But the reality is, is that if the market were there, ESPN would cater to it. So, you know, that, that's one of those things. I just feel like it's like, it's like a bright, shiny object argument, kind of like, you know, like when Mizzou fans or blues fans get pissed that they're not on the front page of the paper, you know, and it just, you just go, well, if, if, you know, the, do the, you think the post dispatch is not attempting to make money. So they're going to try and give them the thing that's most catered to. And, and is just acknowledging the email, the hot stove stuff gets more attention uh, because why? Because more people are interested in it and it's, you might think it's messed up, but, It is the way it is. The question is, why is it the way that it is? And then people say, well, you have an obligation to try and grow the game. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. This is my Charles Barkley, you're not a role model moment, but I don't. I have a job to host a show, and the job is to entertain or inform or opine enough people that those people support the people who are advertising on the show, and those people make money, and the station makes money, and I make my living. I believe my obligation is to do that and be honest, but my obligation is not to be in an organization or a sports pocket pocket. So that doesn't work for you. I apologize. Uh, And by apologize, I mean, I don't really care. Uh, But, but I will agree that in my experience, you won't find uh, people better to cover than hockey players. And it's, I don't even know who's a close second. Um, And it is a shame because from my standpoint, my hockey fandom starts up in, like, March. That's when I'm all in. And and whereas I got into this business because of baseball, you know, sitting at what was the Savas Center at the time and then the Scott Trade Center and now the Enterprise Center, and they'd, like, have the Cardinals and Brewers score up there, like, in the second week of April. And I'd be like, oh, that's nice that they're playing a game. The energy in this building is second to none right now, and I couldn't care any less about what the Cardinals are doing because this is Stanley Cup playoff hockey And it doesn't get any better. I will say for me, and this kind of is is more of a macro view. I feel like of the four major sports. That the regular season in the NHL has the least value of the four. I know that upsets hockey guy. It's not intended to upset hockey guy. It's my opinion. Now, some might say, well, look at baseball now. Um, but I still would say hockey and in, in the, in the thing that I think if we did have an NBA team, which I certainly don't expect, but I would love the thing that I like about the NBA is that the teams that are great during the regular season, the vast majority of time are the ones who meet in the semifinals of the conference play and the finals of the conference play. Now you might say, well, we already know that it's going to be the Warriors against the Rockets and it's November, uh, you know, most of the time you can predict who's going to play against two. But uh, in the Western conference finals, you already know it's going to be the, the Warriors and Rockets or take whatever line you'd want to take, which is what people said about, oh, it's going to be the Warriors and Cavs, you know, for the, the years of LeBron was there and, and you had the Warriors on their run. But see, I kind of like that, but I also am somebody who, I don't mind seeing Duke win. I don't mind seeing Alabama win. I don't mind seeing the Patriots win. I don't mind seeing the Yankees win because I love the idea of, like, I'd love to see UCF get into the college football playoff and somehow beat Alabama. I love that. I love that the Citadel was tied somehow with Alabama at 10. I love the Goliath existing, because if there is a David, it becomes this incredible game and energy and national story. So I like those. I, and, and for me, like, like, I, has an eighth seed ever won the NBA Finals? I can't imagine that's happened. Um, like, people still talk about Dikembe Mutombo, in the like 90 something nuggets beating Sean Kemp and the Sonics, because it was so rare for an eight to beat a one. Um, if there are no injuries. Well, I mean now it's commonplace for an eight to win the cup in the NHL. And so then you sit there and you go, yeah, what was the point of those last seven months? You know, that's, that, that, so that's, that's where I am. But I also don't get off on bowls in college football, minus the conference championship games, And the actual college football playoff. So from my standpoint, you know, I loved as a Missouri fan, the 2007 and 2013 seasons, way more than the 2008 and 2014 seasons, even though all four wound up in conference championship games in 2007 and 2013, Missouri was in the mix for a national championship in 2008 and 2014. They were playing for their conference championship, but they had no chance of of playing for the national championship. So that's, that's my individual mindset. I don't know if hockey is going to get to a level where it is with what really I think is actually the fastest growing is the NBA, but I know that doesn't play for a lot of people in St. Louis. Um, In the NFL, I think people go, the NFL, I'd sell my stock on that. I would, I would love for it too. And I don't know what would do that. I don't know if it would be a few North American born personable stars who are playing on teams. And then they meet like a couple of years in a row and just have classic series. I don't know if that's what it would take. Um, because if you, and many of you are too young, but keep in mind before, uh, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson, the NBA was flopping around. So maybe that's what it would take. I don't know. Um, but I know I would love to see it because God, I mean, you just really won't find better people in sports than hockey players. And from a St. Louis standpoint, I just love it for blues fans because blues fans are so passionate, but you know, part of that passion is being pissed when I say it's, it's just the way that it is right now, that it is a distant fourth to the NFL, the NBA, major league baseball. Um, but I certainly see growth potential. I just don't know what it would take to get it there. I would love to see it, but as far as why, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. I don't think I don't think the reason why it hasn't resonated with more people in the US, we're talking US, not including Canada because obviously it rules in Canada, it rules the the sports scene there. Um I don't know if it's because of my thought process which is the regular season doesn't have value. Um which I know pisses some people off, but that's where I am on it. Um but what are you going to do? You're not going to limit the Stanley Cup playoff to you know four division winners. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, from a revenue standpoint, and also just from, I mean, the, the greatest part of the game in those two months of playoff series and the grind that it takes to get there, which is why it's such a prized trophy for the people who who play for it and the fans who experience those four series. So I don't know. I would love it. If it were, and I don't know why it is not, um, but I welcome again, I welcome your thoughts. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, always send your questions in. Always send your feedback in. I love getting it. It's Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. It's the Tim McKernan Show, the Inside Stl Podcast Network. Mike Judy Presents, a great sponsor of the podcast. He brings a lot of acts to St. Louis. Check him out on MikeJudyPresents.com or follow him on social media. Mike Judy is his name. And his Twitter handle is Mike Judy, P-R-S-N-T-S. And you can follow him for all of his uh, concerts and events that he has coming to St. Louis. He's a local guy, he's a musician. Uh, MJP, Mike Judy presents. A wonderful sponsor of the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network, along with Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert at the thehomelonexpert.com, James Carlton, the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, Johnny Landoff Chevrolet at Highway 270 and the Washington Elizabeth exit. Online at Landoff.com. That Landoff family runs a great business, good people for new, pre-owned, or for service. It's Johnny Landoff Chevrolet and Seth Goldkamp, Design Air heating, and cooling. We thank you for listening. Send your questions in to Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the InsideSTL Podcast Network from the HomeloanExpert.com studios. Call of duty modern warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A do Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. That Soldier, the... get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit MTNDUGaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 at 23.